0: What's going on, Law Nation? It's your host, Seth Bradley. Welcome back to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, the best place for learning about the world of alternative passive investing. Today, we answer the question how do banks make money? And how do we become the bank? Today's guest, Tom Lonnie, had a unique path to creating what he calls the bulletproof wealth strategy. He enjoyed a 30-year career in the music industry as a recording engineer and producer, working with acts such as R.E.M., Bruce Springsteen, and Amy Grant. Wow, that's, uh, that's quite the lineup there. Several decades later, Tom suffered from a high-frequency hearing loss while mixing a record and was no longer able to continue the job that he loved. But it turns out that that unfortunate event turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to him. It provided a consistent, tax-free monthly income payment that allowed him to go back to school and learn how to help others protect their financial future by becoming a chartered financial consultant, underwriter, and special needs consultant. He also became an authorized infinite banking practitioner. So after many years of education and research, Tom created the Bulletproof Wealth Strategy to help others protect their income and grow wealth. All right. Can't wait to jump into this interview. It's gonna be an awesome one. Buckle up, let's jump in.
1: This is the the Passive Income Attorney Attorney Podcast, Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley.
0: What's going on, Tom? Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for,
2: being, for having me on, Seth. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Absolutely, brother. Well, let's dive right in, man. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know it's fascinating. Um, tell us about <laughs> your story and, and, and just take it back as far as you'd like to
2: awesome well i have a bit of a unique background in that i was 29 years in the music industry and i was a mix engineer and producer and i absolutely loved what i did i mean it was so much fun i got to work with people like bruce springsteen and um mavis staples and the fabulous thunderbirds and rem i did their green album in the late 80s so i got a really cool background and had a blast in music. And um, at the end of that career, I started to lose hearing in one ear. And unfortunately, I was kind of stuck because my whole career was based on me being able to hear perfectly because I was the last guy to make the final tweaks on how things sounded, if that makes sense. So um, it was a real um, shocker when that happened. And what happened is 20 years earlier, I had purchased a disability policy that was a long-term disability policy on the recommendation of my um, financial advisor and that policy ended up sort of being the thing that allowed me to transition and really started a new career so i went back to school um and ended up getting three financial designations because i wanted to learn how to help people the way that i was helped right so i I started out with a chartered life underwriter designation a chartered financial consultant and a chartered special needs consultant designation so i could kind of learn the whole financial picture of what all was out there um if that makes sense and then um I I, that was the germination of me really starting this bulletproof well strategy, because let me tell you something, Seth, and this is for your audience, too. If you don't have the ability to work, your life picture changes like big time, you know, and for me, not being able to do a job that I had done for 29 years was, uh, you know, it was a major shift. And I, am just, I was just so grateful, and I wanted to give back and teach other people what I knew.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome story, man. I mean, you name-dropped a few big names there at the beginning, though, right? Springsteen and Ariane. that's pretty yeah. incredible that you had the yeah. opportunity to do that.
2: Yes, it's wonderful. I i mean, and the, and the people are super nice. And the, the way it worked for me in the music industry was the higher up the food chain I went in terms of talent, the more chilled and relaxed people get. Um, because they don't have anything necessarily to prove, you know, I mean, I, I, worked with Keith Richards, um, on a solo album and the guy was just completely, you know, like chill. He wasn't in any way like, Oh, I'm a star. Uh, I worked with Joe Walsh from the Eagles. I did a soundtrack with him for, uh, uh, John Candy movie called the great outdoors. And he again was just a pleasure to work with no ego whatsoever. I mean, just amazing
0: yeah that's awesome yeah and that makes a lot of sense you know when you get to a certain point you're not trying to prove yourself anymore you're not trying to like hold yourself above everyone because everybody already knows <laughs>
2: yeah, everybody knows he's got nothing <laughs> to prove man he's uh, no he's just he's just like you know who he is um so anyways that was cool it really was so that was the germination and foundation of the bulletproof wealth strategy i knew that protecting your ability to earn a living was crucial right and in 2013 Um, actually, it was 2012, I went to an Austrian economic conference, because I'd always been interested in Austrian economics. And I went to hear Robert Murphy and another Austrian economist speak, and lo and behold, they were talking about this concept where you um, kind of Opt out of the traditional financial system and create your own privatized bank. And the mechanism that you do that with is specially designed life insurance. So it's important to just say right up front that it's not that the life insurance is the magic thing, it's that the life insurance provides the vehicle that allows you to do the take over the banking function so I combined that with my protection of income and then added another element of an options strategy to allow yourself to be able to create bigger banks in the future and I wrapped it all together and call it the bulletproof wealth strategy and I got that name trademarked I'm pretty proud of that one I love it (laughs) so anyways that's kind of the germination and it's made up of really three things Um, And of course, long term disability is something that sometimes your employers provide that right and and what people don't realize is they can go to their HR manager and request to get a larger policy and just pay a little bit of money and max themselves out on that. And almost nobody does it. So my first conversation I have, if I happen to be talking to um, somebody who is a W2 employee is, have you went to HR and asked for to max out your long-term DI? Because most people have not. And it's just something that everybody needs to do who's listening to this.
0: Yeah. I remember when I was working at a big firm, we used to have that. Unfortunately, I don't have that right now as an entrepreneur. Is, is that Type of policy similar to, well, I shouldn't say similar to, it, is it bought in the same way as, let's say, a whole life insurance policy where you can like lend against it similar to that, or so, is it yeah, something completely different? It's,
2: it's literally a totally different thing. So that's why this, my strategy is not just infinite banking. It doesn't accumulate cash value. Okay. It's more like a health policy um in that you know you get to keep it until you're 70 um and then pretty much the value of it is is done at that point but it does protect you through a lot of your peak earning years right and so you just to be honest with you they're harder to get than whole life policies because um they have to really make sure that you're um income is supported by how much they're willing to give you so that you're not predisposed to want to go on claim. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. if you've got a disability <laughs> policy that is paying $20,000 a month and you are making $12,000 a month, that's a problem, right? Because there's just a million ways that you can say, well, uh, you know, my my wrist is killing me i can't work right. you know that kind of thing so they just really want to make sure that they the underwriting is a lot more stringent to put it in insurance terms okay sure. then in yeah. life insurance so anyways there's um the other thing that is tricky that i need to say is that they only ensure active income so being that this is the passive income show you know, passive income comes to you whether or not you're working or not. So that is not insurable from a disability insurance perspective. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you know, the passive income, you shouldn't have to do anything to get it once you've done that due diligence upfront. So, you know, by definition that, that makes sense.
2: Totally. And I've had, I've had uh, clients that are getting so much passive income that they qualify for nothing right so it's really an interesting scenario on on qualifying for that but hey the ultimate scenario to be in in my opinion is having your passive income exceed your active income right when you're in that scenario you're financially free by my definition would you agree with that sad
0: i would yes
2: cool So that is one element of it is the disability protection. I also bake that into the cake with the whole life policies that I do. And the way I do that is there's a thing called an enhanced disability waiver premium, which is an own occupation. So you got to read the fine print waiver of you having to put in any money if you can't work. So the insurance company pays that minimum premium for you if you can't work and they do that for the first six years own occupation and after that it's any occupation is the definition. Um, So that's a little bit in the weeds but own occupation just means your specific job that you're doing and any occupation is a much harder hurdle to climb because that means you can't do anything. So, that makes sense. anyways, yeah, that's that's basically um, another element to the bulletproof wealth strategy is including that waiver in the whole life policy.
0: Gotcha. So we've got, um, I believe there are three elements, right, to the the bulletproof yeah. wealth strategy. So the first is so the disability if, insurance. The second is the the whole life uh, infinite banking policy. Um yep. Maybe we'll, we'll stick with that for now. Uh, what let's What do you recommend as far as going into? that piece of the strategy, the the infinite banking. We, we've talked about so, that on the show before, but maybe you can give your own take.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to where are you saving money, right? Where are you, a term I like to use is where are you warehousing your wealth, you know? Because the truth is, is that, People like to put their money into money jail for some reason, which I consider to be qualified plans, 401ks, IRAs, things that you can't get the money back out. It's not really liquid, um, and you're going to have to pay a big uh, penalty and taxes to touch it, right? The reality is on those money jail products, you are in a partnership with the government truthfully, and um, they are going to get paid before you get access to that money. <laughs> and so I like to put my personal funds as much as possible. And the goal is to have your income and your premium meet. Um, and I'm pretty close to that. And I've been building policies for 10 years now. So I've got nine policies myself. And um the reality is is that it's just liquid and you're able to do with it whatever you want so if you come up with a great syndication and it looks like a wonderful opportunity i don't have to ask permission can i invest in this syndication? yes i can if i feel like it's a good deal for me and my family it's just You know, it's not a question of the liquidity. So I put as much as I can in and I recommend that people on average put in around 25% of their income is kind of the goal. So if you're making 400K, we shoot for 100K per year going into a policy. And that obviously is going to be the max you can put in. That's not the required amount. That's going to be much lower. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Maybe walk us through because a lot of a lot of our listeners are thinking about investing in real estate, um, uh-huh. and then how do they layer that investment in with the infinite banking policy? Walk us maybe through okay. an example of what that would look like. Oh,
2: oh I would love to do that. So i personally do some private lending right so for real estate i will um i will take money and borrow collateralize my cash value of my life insurance policy and loan it out to somebody who's needing money for real estate and i make the spread or the i arbitrage the difference in interest rates so the way that works is that um I'm getting capital at a low rate. This year it's 4%. That's my cost of capital. And if I can put it into a deal earning 12%, for example, on a private loan, then what is the actual rate of return that I'm making? So think about this for a second. If money's costing me four and I'm earning 12, right? There's a lot of people, Seth, out there that's like, oh, you're making 8%, right? That's not how it works when you put numbers to it, that is not how it works. So the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to explain it in real numbers to help people go, oh yeah, this is what's really happening. On a hundred thousand dollar loan, it cost me $4,000 for 12 months, right? So I'm spending $4,000, not a hundred thousand, because I'm not using any of my own money. And then if I'm earning $12,000 or 12%, then that's 4,000 spent and 12,000 made what's the rate of return on that okay when you run that through a calculator the rate of return is 200% because 100% would be doubling your money from 4,000 to 8,000. and 200% would be doubling it from 4,000 8,000 and doubling it again from 8,000 to 12,000 so I like to teach real estate investors how they can dramatically increase their rate of return by just utilizing this simple strategy. Um, And it's really not that complicated. Um, People try to make it complicated, but it's really not once you actually start doing it. And I, the reason I think I can communicate this well is because I actually do it myself, right? I don't just, it's not theory to me, it's just something that I do every day.
0: Yeah, cook that eats his own cooking. I, I, I love that. I, I hate when <laughs> yeah. people like try to peddle products and things like that. And it's like, well, do you do this or do you invest in real estate? And they're like, mm, no. Yeah. Like, well,
2: I <laughs> <laughs> totally, you know, that is just not going to work because people can determine um they can see through that right if you really don't know what you're talking about then it's just not it's not a good situation and you can't can't go there i happen to notice on a side note that i see a guitar in the back of your room there do you are you a, a musician as well Seth?
0: oh a long time ago we used to do that in in middle school high school and college to pick up chicks that's about it <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> now you while. just have
2: it there as decoration. I yeah, like it. Yeah, now oh, like cool. the
0: guitars just sit there there is, uh, you know, just a visual pleasure. I'm looking at the
2: headstock. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Gretsch or a Gibson 335? What is that?
0: Uh this is an Epiphone. The blue one's an Epiphone, oh, we've, and we've got a Gibson over here, Gibson Starburst okay, cool. in the case.
2: Awesome. Oh, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> I, I used to just be so into guitars. I mean, we had a vintage guitar stop right across the street from the studio I used to work at, and I was always over there. Every day, I still have a 19, gosh, I think it's a 1964 Gibson 225 um, semi-hollow body that is just skyrocketed in value since I bought yeah. it like you know 30 something years ago. But anyways sorry, off the subject there. No worries.
0: No, I'm sure that catches <laughs> um, your eye. Yeah, definitely. Your background. <laughs> So So, back to what we were talking about, though, I mean, that's really, you know, maybe break it down a little bit for us. But I think that's that's how banks make their money. Right. I mean, what you're describing is how banks actually make their money.
2: (laughs) They make their money on the spread, on the arbitrage. So if you you deposited one hundred thousand dollars to a traditional bank, they are not going to pay you hardly anything on that money. They might they might pay you a quarter of a percent. Right. And then they take your money and lend it out to somebody at let's just say five and a quarter percent so when you look at the actual numbers you got to get percentages out of your head because most people are not trained to think in percentages but they are actually paying you 250 dollars cost of capital they're turning around and making 5250 dollars, and that's really a 20x multiple so when you look at the rate of return on a percentage basis that's a 2000 percent rate of return so banks are Killing it with this same strategy. And what do banks actually invest in? They actually invest in a, whole, a lot of whole life insurance. That's one of the things that they purchase hand over fist um, on every key employee that they have. They purchase a large amount of whole life insurance. So you kind of want to do what they do and not what they say, if that makes any sense. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'm trying to teach people how to emulate the banking function and control it in their own life. And it has been so powerful to see the light bulb turn on for people, because I literally have people that save hundreds of thousands of dollars. I just got off the phone 30 minutes ago with a guy who has $600 Six hundred plus thousand dollars just sitting in his checking account, waiting for an opportunity. Well, let me just break it to you: it's not doing him any good there, except for the fact that it's liquid. He's losing money due to inflation, no question. We're at an all-time forty-year higher on in inflation; it's just ridiculous, and that's just not the best place to warehouse your wealth. You're just giving the bank the opportunity to leverage that money and lend it out to somebody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is exactly what we talk about on the show all the time about creating your own economy, taking control of your finances, not giving it away to somebody else and say, here, best of luck. Now I'm stuck, you know, nine to five till 65 um, because I've given everything I've earned to somebody else to control something that important. You need to educate yourself and, and take control of it so that you can make some intelligent decisions.
2: Yes, totally. And I mean, that's probably, Seth, to be honest with you, why I ended up, I didn't intentionally set out to work with almost exclusively real estate investors, but that's my client base. Why? Because they understand wanting to be in control of their money. They don't want to give it to the Wall Street casino and just have them really live on hopium. I call it smoking hopium, right? You're just hoping that (laughs) things are going to work out, but you have no control of that at all. Um, and somebody else is just making money off your money. And, you know, these guys like to say they're in it with you. But the reality is they're just making a percentage off the amount of assets they control. Their percentage goes down slightly if they lose your money. But it's not going to really hurt them. Um, you know, instead of making $15,000, they make $12,000. And in the meantime, you have lost a hundred. Right. So it's just not...
0: Yeah, it's there's, no, the there's no alignment of interests. I mean, even when you're, let's say with a syndication, you like to line up those fees so that, um, you know, the investors as well as the active operators make money together, rather than, you know, the active operators making money no matter what, which is kind of the way that financial advisor system is set up.
2: Totally. Yes. It's very, very well put. So I love, you know, I love talking to people like you who get it and who um, are are trying to help people, um, you know, increase passive income in their life. I think that's so critically important um, to not be tethered down to, oh my gosh, I have to go to work. That's just having the option to do what you want to do and what you love is so important to me personally. I love my job. I love doing what I'm doing. Nobody's telling me I have to be doing this. This is just me doing it because I love helping people. Um, And it's it's really been a fun 10 years of really getting to know
0: and understand the process. That's awesome. That's awesome. What are some of the other strategies? Once we have that infinite banking policy set up, we've got a, a good bit of funds in there. Um, yep. you know, we've talked about uh, node investing. What are some of the other you know, investing uh, vehicles or other strategies you can layer on once you have that infinite banking strategy or infinite banking policy uh, established?
2: Well, so Seth, my understanding is that your audience is primarily made up of people who make active income right would you agree with that i know I that traditional real estate investors you know through depreciation kind of get their income down to almost nothing but um people in, in the legal services and what i do we make active income so what i love to do is find ways to have tax advantages on my investments and produce um you know Uh, and produce passive income as well. Um, So there's a lot of layered strategies that you can do, one of them is that that I have done quite a bit is uh, investing in ATM machines, I know that that may sound crazy. But it is actually purchasing equipment and that equipment has a deduction and then it provides a passive income for about seven years, you know, on a monthly basis, so I just love that kind of thing, Um, I also love. energy investing because that has the ability to reduce active income as well in anything in the oil and gas space um you can get uh definitely passive income you know I mean active income deductions on so i'm big into into thinking outside the box on what I do and trying to reduce obviously I want to pay as little taxes as legally as possible right so i'm always looking for those avenues. Um, uh, and I love to you know help investors teach them, you know what i've done and um, just try try to get the most value out of their infinite banking policy as possible.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about ATMs as well. I've looked into that. I haven't pulled the trigger, but I do really like that. I like uh, how quickly you can get your money back. I mean, you can see a, you know, 20 to 30% return in year one. And that's, it's not guaranteed. We don't like to say guaranteed, but it's pretty not guaranteed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's
2: just. It, 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 I have been doing it for years, and it's pretty amazing, though. I mean, I've you know, you just have to work with the right operators, you know, uh, to that know what they're doing. So it's just been it's just been a really fun thing as the light bulb goes on um, for the people I work with. I love you know, just continuing to kind of get them started figure out where they're gonna save their money, and then move down the path of converting that into earning a greater rate of return than they're actually spending for the cost of capital. One of the things that I will tell you just real quick that is my pet peeve in infinite banking is these people that are coming out constantly saying stuff like hey you can go buy a car and it is the greatest thing since sliced bread with your infinite banking policy it's like you know what yes you can do that right but you can also get a car financed at a lower rate than you would be paying the insurance company for You're not making any arbitrage on that I always advise people to make sure if you're going to take a 4% loan that you're earning more than 4% that is the magic to making the thing really explode for you it's not you know, going on a trip to Hawaii and just spending the money, you know, and then owing back a loan interest on that. I mean, or, or buying a car that you could get at a lower rate. I don't know. I mean, I know that everybody has different opinions on that, but in my opinion, I don't recommend it.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that's what I heard at first too, was like, you can, you know, buy a car with your <laughs> whole life. I Now, look,
2: I tell people, hey, if you're in the rare car business and you can take a 1965 Corvette with a bunch of rust on it and buy it for five thousand dollars you know fix it up and flip it for 35,000. Hey, that is the ideal thing to do with your banking policy cuz your cost of capital is almost nothing. You're just paying the interest on that 5,000 and then you're paying for the the improvements to it. So you have very little money in it and then when you sell it, you're making a big capital return. That is awesome, okay? Do that all day long with cars but just going out and buying a new car that you're going to personally drive i'm going what in the world that's just i, I just i'm not into it it doesn't yeah. make sense to me from yeah. from a financial perspective
0: <laughs> yeah no, no not me either um you know what are all whole life insurance policies created equal i mean because sometimes you hear oh. about these older versions or, or what have you and, and people yeah. think as soon as they hear about it, they think You know, scam, or they think, you know, somebody's just trying to sell them something. Um, Yeah. You know, how do you make that uh, delineation between the old school one and not a scam, but it's a little bit different than the one that we're talking about?
2: Oh, yeah. So the old school whole life policies did not have any cash value in them until at least year three. So, year three years of, you know, the first year is zero. The second year zero and those policies paid a huge commission to the person selling it so they were highly incentivized to try to get somebody to do that the problem is it was rarely in the client's best interest to design a policy like that so the way that i do it personally is we put in as much capital as possible for the least amount of life insurance and what that you do that through a series of writers and you know blending term insurance in and and adding paid up additions so that you can get this money in to the policy but still have access to as high of number as possible so i'm always working to do the opposite of what normal people in my position do which is lower the commission to the lowest possible amount so that you guys you know the clients can have access to the money and it's just you know nelson was a genius for coming up with this because if you do it right the people are happy um, because they have access to a lot of their capital um the um you know the only way it works financially for people like me is you have to do a large volume which thankfully I do do a large volume so it works it works wonderful but I'm not trying to squeeze these policies to make the most commission possible because it just doesn't work for the client and therefore I I only do what's in the client's best interest so there they are definitely not all whole life policies are created equal and there's some companies, by the way, that you can't design them properly, so they just don't work for infinite banking with that particular company, so you really have to be a specialist in this area to be able to, to squeeze the juice out of it um, in a way that it really, really works for everybody
0: yeah that makes sense so so be aware out there they're not all created equal make sure you <laughs> no, go into business with not. somebody like tom that, that knows what your end goals are your financial goals are for that that capital that you're going to invest into that investment
2: yep definitely it's it's one of those beware you know obviously this goes for any profession i mean you know you, you have to know who you're dealing with uh, from a legal standpoint and there's all kinds of different ways for um, pretty much anything. It's it's good to come uh, through a recommendation, you know, if possible.
0: No doubt. All right, Tom, before we jump into the freedom floor, what's one last golden nugget for our listeners?
2: A golden nugget. All right, so the, the golden nugget would be, let me just give me one second to think about that. Um, make sure if you're gonna do this, This is the golden nugget just make sure that you're working with somebody who's doing it themselves ask them all about their own policies right if you're going to work with somebody dig in make sure that they're saying they're they're giving you the warm fuzzy that they really 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 are doing it themselves so that they can um really guide you because people can't take you where they've never been
0: yeah no i love that and that applies to across industries, right? I mean, a lot of times you see that, um, particularly in residential real estate investing, like flipping and wholesaling and things like that, where, you know, people sell these courses and sell these coaching programs. And it's like, well, where do you make all your money? Do you make it from this, from the actual thing you're teaching, or do you make it from the coaching and the, (laughs) and the courses? So make sure that, you know, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to
2: be. You don't want to be getting stuff from people who make all their money on teaching other people how to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, let's jump into the Freedom
1: Four. It's time for the Freedom Four. What's
0: the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy?
2: Well, for one thing, I live on a farm, 72 acres, and it's just so good to go on long walks out here. And, you know, I love taking, taking my dog on long walks and, you know, taking care of animals is very peaceful and relaxing and gardening. So I love doing that kind of thing personally. And and in keeping my mind healthy, you know, honestly, reading scriptures and staying active with my faith is probably the best thing that I could recommend for people um, to do to keep their mind healthy.
0: Love it, man. Man, my wife would be so jealous to hear about that farm. That's all she wants is to move uh, move to a farm and get a couple of horses. We've been watching Yellowstone, so.
2: <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, I, we just moved. We bought it in 2019, spent two and a half years, including the whole COVID period of renovating it, which just drug on forever. But then we moved in about nine months ago, and it was, it's just been amazing. I love it. It's a totally different thing um, than being in a tightly packed you know, subdivision, which is where we were.
0: Awesome, man. Well, congrats. Um, with all your success, what is one limiting belief that you've crushed along the way and how did you get past it?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. So a limiting belief. It's really difficult when you're changing careers to go, you know what, um, I was really successful here, but you know, I have no idea if I'm going to be successful in this new career. So I think the limiting belief was you know, what will happen um you know do i just go through all this education and will it turn into anything and i just sort of had to push through all of that and just move forward and eventually you know it all happened in a way that was really better than i could have even imagined so my my way of pushing through it is basically you kind of gotta just move through fear you're never going to be at a place where you know, things don't scare you. When you're moving into the unknown, you just kind of try it one step at a time. And then you look back and realize it wasn't nearly as scary as you thought it was going to be. So I would say for me, that changing career thing was the, uh, was the big one.
0: Love it. Love it. What's one actual step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom?
2: Well, it depends on how you define freedom. Okay. I'm assuming we're talking about financial freedom, but, um, I, you know, honestly, I would just take the first step. I mean, learn, um, don't, 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 um. Be arrogant and think you know everything that's I guess the thing is just try to have a a, a humble teachable spirit and realize that hey there's always something new, you can learn there's a lot of people who've never heard of what I do. And they always ask if this is so great why haven't I heard about it before well, the reality is, is that just not that many people know it's not that it doesn't work it's not that it's not great but um, wealthy people honestly are doing this and have been for a long, long time. It's just now kind of getting around to filtering down to the normal, you know, average person. So, you know, I would say just keep learning and being open to new things.
0: I love that, I love that. All right, last but not least, how has passive income made your life better?
2: Well, passive income, I love having passive income personally because it helps you to, it reduces stress to know that if things don't work, um one month or two or three or four and you can't um you know you you don't earn the income that you normally do so for me I'm all over the place I don't have guaranteed income and that's why I like to have a floor of passive income that is going to guarantee that all of the bills are paid and everything so I love having that and it does add an element of freedom and an element of um you know just more str- stress reduction <laughs> to to have passive income coming in
0: awesome man all right tom it's been great having you on can our listeners find out more about you
2: so my website is bulletproof wealth .info. It's really important. I could not get .com. The guy will just had it parked and won't sell it. It's a disaster. So I ended up doing bulletproofwealth.info. My strategy is trademarked, Bulletproof Wealth. And um, go there and listen. I have a free uh, video education course that you can sign up for just by putting your name and email in there's a lot of people in my business that charge for this kind of thing and and mine is really high end and i don't charge for it because i really want to educate people and make that barrier of entry as low as possible so please go to bulletproofwealth.info sign up for that and you will be amazed at what's on the other side
0: all right guys check that out tom once again it's been incredible having you on uh come back soon
2: thank you so much seth i really appreciate it
0: Tom, Lonnie, ladies and gentlemen, what an incredible story, right? And it just goes to show you, you know, I know there's a lot of attorneys and and doctors and, and folks like that that are out there listening. And, you know, sometimes you just need to take a step back and think about what happens if you're no longer able to do what you get paid to do. Let's say something unfortunate happens and you're unable to type or unable to use one of your hands. Are you prepared for something catastrophic like that to happen? And one way to prepare yourself for that is to create more than a single stream of income. Now I preach it all the time because we think of ourselves, you know, if we have a high paying job, we think that we're protected. We think we're getting paid a lot. We're, you know, in this high and mighty position as an attorney or a doctor. But at the end of the day, we have one income stream. And if something happens to that one income stream, we're in a lot of trouble. And that's why you have to create multiple streams of income. And that's why we preach creating these streams of income through side hustles, through small businesses, through real estate. Well, you know the way that I've done it is through real estate. And if you want me to teach you how, we've created Passive Income Pro. It's a four-week program. It's guaranteed to give you the knowledge and the confidence you need to invest in your first or your next passive real estate deal. Just go to PassiveIncomePro.io to get started. And as always, all right, kids, enjoy the journey.